This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Now here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello, Jim. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And you know, Bridget, just recently we got a check from Amazon. Now, most people are used to sending checks to Amazon <laughs> yeah, yeah. or credit cards to Amazon. Well, from time to time, every quarter, we get a check from Amazon. And the reason we get a check from Amazon is that listeners are going to smile.amazon or amazon.smile. Put either one in a search engine and you'll get there. And if you go there, smile.amazon or amazon.smile, uh, they'll just ask for your name, I think your email, and what charity you want to support. Mm-hmm. And if you put in Catholic Radio Indy, all three words, Catholic Radio Indy, you're all done. You never have to think about it again. Every time you shop on Amazon, Catholic Radio gets a small percentage of whatever you buy. So we're coming up on the Christmas season here mm. and uh, going to be doing a lot of shopping. True. Probably going to be doing some of it online. Probably going to be doing some of it through Amazon. So do it through Amazon.smile. And Catholic Radio will get a small percentage of whatever you buy. It doesn't cost you anything, doesn't cost us anything, but if a lot of listeners do it, it really helps out a whole bunch. Well, here we go on our, our awesome show here on Faith in Action, and it's, it's so uh, great to be with you. Uh, evangelization, that's my favorite topic, actually, and it's something we hear a lot about in the church and how important it is. But why is it important? And how do we incorporate it in our daily lives? Well, today we have Sam Rasp from the Office of Evangelization uh, for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis to answer these important questions. And I'm just meeting Sam today, so welcome to Faith in Action, Sam. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. It's so awesome to have uh, guests back in the studio. It's just it's just just a better, uh, great energy, and just so glad that you're with us. All right. Well, you are the coordinator of evangelization and discipleship. Um, how long you been in that role? I think you're fairly new. Is that is that true? Yeah, I think a, a full three months and sixteen <laughs> days to be roughly exact. Just to kind of okay. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, are you a native to Indianapolis? Uh, where'd you go to school? And um, tell us a little bit about your professional uh, uh, life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am not native of Indianapolis, but I did live here for four years as I was a student at Marion University. Okay. Um, and I studied for two years, two of those years at Bishop Simon Brute College Seminary for the Diocese of Owensboro, Kentucky, which is where I grew up. Grew All up right. in Western Kentucky, moved there when I was seven, um, and lived there through high school. Um, so you got a, you got a solid foundation right there for both those those places. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a huge blessing to be there and then finish with a degree in theology. Um, and then right after college, I ended up taking a position with Focus, which is oh. a fellowship of Catholic University students. Yes. And served with them for five years as a missionary in three different states, three different schools. So your evangelization meter just went up like about <laughs> ten notches when you said when you said that, that, focus on like zoop there you go that that's real boots on the ground evangelism there absolutely it really yeah. is and we've met we've met quite a few um, focus missionaries and and we've just been so impressed and delighted and I guess inspired by them so. Praise God that you've, that you've done that. Um, okay, now, how did you get into evangelization, I guess, 
in an official role outside of Focus. How long How long did you do Focus then? Yeah, so I was with Focus for five years. Oh, that's a long time. Um, been married for almost two years. And during those two years, my wife and I were discerning, should we stay with Focus? Are we called to leave Focus and enter in some other, uh, some other kind of mission, ministry? Um, and this past year, we felt the Lord asking us to leave. And at that point, I started looking for jobs, started looking for um, something within the church. And one of the big things I wanted to do was work for a diocese doing um, evangelization or discipleship or something within within marriage and family. Mm-hmm. And then this job in Indianapolis kind of fell on my lap. I applied and praise God I was hired and here I am. Now, is that a new office at the archdiocese or an expansion of existing offices or is it are you filling a position that was vacated by somebody so i am filling a position that was vacated by someone uh his name is sean hussey he Mm -hmm. moved over to the office of young adult and college campus ministry um so it's not a new office but it is new within the last five to ten years um that i know sean did a great job and i'm very excited to fill that role We're talking with Sam Russ. He's the coordinator of evangelization and discipleship for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. And I want to I want to hear a little bit about what your role is in in that job. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the the mission or the vision that has been handed down to me is to help each 126 parishes from the Archdiocese to have um, a contact within their parish whether that's the office staff or it's a, a lay parishioner that has a, has a vision, a desire for evangelization, to help them have this contact, to be in contact with them, mm-hmm. um, and then to help train them to um, yeah, fulfill the Great Commission, really, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, to go make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. Um, so slowly we are getting those contacts, having parishes that have that person, that they're, they're in... Um, that they're in touch with, that I will then help to train them to be of assistance, do whatever I can. Now, do you have a staff that works with you? Or are you a one-man band, so to speak? <laughs> or um, t- Technically, I'm a one-man band. <laughs> I do work alongside the Office of Catechesis, and my my boss is the director of the Office of Catechesis, Ken Algorik. Um, so in some ways, I'm a one-man band, but I definitely have Ken and then the rest of that office that's there with me that's supporting me and desiring to help me the best they can. So in terms of the 126 parishes, it's, it's good to know exactly how many there are, because um, I never know that number. But um, would you say that in, ter- in terms of like the Indianapolis proper, or, you know, there's more people that are in those roles? Or does it just depend, you know, does it depend on the parish? I mean, what's your, uh, on that list, I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of shape is that in, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's a fair question. I'm, I'm trying to look back because right now we have somewhere between 20 and 30 people that have been assigned by oh, their pastor. Uh-huh. Um, and there's actually more and more um, pastors that are actually hiring people on their staff to be coordinators or directors of evangelization, which is fantastic. Yeah, it is. I would say maybe half of the people that we have are just parishioners that are desiring to lead this in their parish. Um, I would, yeah, there are definitely quite a few of those that are within the Indianapolis proper, but we, I mean, I have contacts in New Albany in um, Connorsville and in like places outside of just Indianapolis as well. I want to talk, oh, go ahead. I was just wondering, (laughs) you're talking about having people in all of these parishes. 
what do those people in the parishes do? What's required of them once they say yes to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if we're requirement. I'm not sure I like the word <laughs> requirement, but what the vision would be for there to be a team of people. So it's not, obviously there's one contact that I'm in touch with. Because mm-hmm. if I'm in touch with 10 people at the same parish, sure. that would be a little difficult. Right. But to have one key contact, which then would form a team around them. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I was reading this morning and uh, I think it's the Gospel of Mark that Jesus sent his 12 disciples out, not one by one, but two by two. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say even more than two for an entire parish. So like getting a team around them, um, and then really the vision would be for them to have a time of formation and training um, that we have. We actually have a guidebook out that helps them go through this time of formation and training and then start a small group ministry um, that they get groups in the parish that are started. And then from there, the vision would be to enter into discipleship with these people um, to invite them into the Great Commission as well to go out and make disciples mm-hmm. of all nations. Will you be recommending materials and uh, things to the uh, facilities, I guess, for these people? Will you be recommending materials that they use in their uh, evangelization? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, one is the guidebook that was created by the office before me. Once again, that helps. that's the material that would help them get started. And then um, from there, I send out a newsletter once a month that will include different resources that I found that I think are, are really good, mm-hmm. whether that's things from Focus that I use during my time or things from Word on Fire or Ascension Presents mm-hmm. or just random books. I'm like, mm-hmm. I think you should read this because this sure. really inspired me. So absolutely, we'll definitely sure. have resources that will. And, and I would imagine recommend. in time, you'll encounter some parish that's really doing well in this area, maybe even borrow some ideas oh, from absolutely. one parish and spread them to others. Yeah, definitely not afraid to do that. I do not know everything. I um, <laughs> Really? I know, isn't that We don't crazy? either. We still haven't figured it all out yet. That's why we're in radio. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's actually what I've been doing for the first three months, really, is I've been meeting with some of these contacts, and they've really helped to form me and form the vision that I'm wanting to sure. bestow on them is, sure. is learning what they're doing, or even learning what they're not doing, and then that gives me, right. okay, I think you should actually be doing this. Sure, what their needs are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a couple minutes before we take a break, but I want to ask you, um, I want to, uh, we've actually interviewed uh, Curtis Martin, the founder oh, of Focus um, at the NCYC, which Catholic Radio Indy does a live remote down there, and we had the pleasure to interview him. And his book, um, I believe it's, about making disciples. Making missionary and disciples. Yes, yeah. exactly. And um, he talks about the win, build, send model. And um, and that's what focused missionaries do, right? Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I would think that would be applicable to really anyone's evangelization. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what's so great that you did that because you really you know how to do it. Yeah. So focus... Um, employs their their missionaries to go off of a win build send model as as Bridget just said and the win is really winning them over in a relationship winning that respect from them but also winning them over for Jesus just sh- just sharing them about their like that person's own personal relationship with him um, and then once they've won like they've they've won them um, they've earn that respect. They've gotten them interested in the Lord and in his love. And seeing how you live. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Then they can start building them up. They can start, oh, like these are the truths of the church. This is the scripture that I want you to, that I would really encourage you to read. 
um, that I'll even read with you. I'll, I'll teach you how to pray. I'll, I'll build, I'll build up, help you build up your faith um, so much that this person then has a prayer life. They have a relationship with the Lord. They have a relationship with the faith, and then they just, then they send them out. So win, build, and send. And then the send out is. Once they, you know, after that period of time of, of building up, right? Mm-hmm. And that could be who knows how long, right? It could yeah. be a year, two years, something like maybe longer, depending on, you know, the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I'm needing to learn more in the Paris setting. Yeah. On campus, mm-hmm. you have an accelerated time of four <laughs> years, and not even four years, you have nine months of four-year segments <laughs> yeah. so, that it's like, okay, we need to get this done, like. We want you, when you leave and graduate, to want to join a parish and want to live out your faith. Uh, In a parish, it's definitely more of a marathon than it is a sprint. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, there's this, something Curtis talks about is a patient urgency, Mm. where there's not just, okay, I'm going to sit back and let things happen, but it's also, I know that building a relationship with the Lord takes time, and... I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to continue to love you, continue to help build up your faith until you're ready to truly be a disciple, to be sent out on mission. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Sam Rasp on um, discipleship for the everyday Catholic. So hopefully we can come up with some tips to help you out in your everyday life. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. Do you have an old car, truck, boat, RV, or motorcycle around the house that you don't need anymore? Even if it doesn't run, won't start, or has some mystery problem that's too expensive to fix, here at Catholic Radio Indy, we can put it to good use. We can use it to help keep this station on the air. It's really simple. We can arrange to have the vehicle picked up or towed away if necessary. It doesn't cost you anything at all. In fact, you get a receipt, so you can take the amount off your taxes. So instead of paying license fees, upkeep, insurance, and storage, you might actually save some money and help Catholic Radio Indy in the process. Getting started is simple. Just call us at 317-870-8400 or go online at catholicradioindy.org. That's 317-870-8400 or catholicradioindy.org. It's easy to do and really helps us a bunch. And to everyone who's already donated a vehicle, thank you very much. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Eyre. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio along with our guest, Sam Rasp. He is the coordinator of evangelization and discipleship for the the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and we're talking about discipleship. So just at the break when we were off air, we chatted a little bit about uh, maybe your vision going forward, like what your plans are. You want to share with us what those are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I was talking about earlier, I mean, the, the, the hope and the dream is to have a contact in all 126 parishes within the archdiocese to, and then for me, for my office, as a, I hope it continues to grow, is to um, help train, help be a resource, um, these 126 parishes to um, lead a atmosphere of evangelization in their parish and with that the the dream is for me to well my office to put on at least several trainings a year two if not more vision hasn't been completely set and that day those days would just be time of formation time of continued growth um really i mean advice uh, materials i can put forth 
And really, I just want it to be also a time of prayer because I think that's um, one, if not the most important thing within evangelization is prayer. Because if you don't have that prayer life, you can try to do evangelization, but in all honesty, you're probably not going to be successful. You're probably not going to see the fruit that you could see if you were giving time to the Lord every day. What are um, some of the mistakes maybe that people make they they have good intentions they think gee i want to spread the word and i'm going to do this and what are some of the wrong things that people do or are there any wrong it's a great question um i'm sure there are wrong things i mean i'll go back to the answer i said before i think the wrong things would be not dedicating yourself to the lord because mm-hmm. um, I think it's easy to, oh, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and making it all about what you're going to do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I did that on my mission with Focus, where I was like, oh, I need to be this, I need to do this. And honestly, I fell flat on my face, um, where whenever actually you, you actually give your time to the Lord in prayer, you commit yourself to a daily prayer life, and you don't say, well, if I'm committing myself to a daily prayer life, then I'm not going to have time to actually evangelize. <laughs> well, that's great. Then you pray. That's what you should do instead. If you don't actually have time to do both, then you should absolutely pray. Well, we're kind of in this paradigm shift in terms of, you know, we're not in the 1950s anymore where everyone's coming to to Mass Mm -hmm. and and the church is really, like, revered and all this. We're in this really weird time where we have to go to them. So talk about, um, I guess, as what should the everyday Catholic do? Um, Mentioned number one is prayer. What else can we do? Like in our families, let's say, you know, my kids, my grandkids, my mm-hmm. spouse, my coworkers don't want to have anything to do with God. They don't want to hear anything about it either. <laughs> yeah. They just like zip it, you know? <laughs> don't you can talk to me. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that one thing up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean that's the extreme said, that's the extreme no, example. Yes. But but it's common. Yes, no, it absolutely is common. I mean, I have um I have a sibling. We all we all know somebody, that has right? Away from the faith that I'm afraid to bring up the faith because mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. distance myself from sure. them. Mm-hmm. Um, you said besides prayer, but I'll start again with prayer. Okay. I think that's <laughs> going back to the Lord, going back to Jesus, has to be number one. Um, the Saint Monica prayer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Saint Monica. My mother-in-law loves Saint Monica. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the, but yeah, going back to the Lord in prayer, receiving the sacraments. And I would say not just Sundays, mm-hmm. like receiving the Eucharist is the most important thing you can do on any single given day, any given day. So if you no have doubt. the opportunity to go to the Eucharist on a daily basis, go receiving the sacrament of confession, speaking to myself on that one too. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, not being able, not being afraid to have those conversations. Um, the, Curtis Martin talks about that, one of the most important things that a parent can do to help um, their 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 um, children to be faithful throughout their life is to have spiritual conversations with them mm-hmm. very early on. So not being afraid to have spiritual conversations with your spouse or your children, even if they're two, mm-hmm. um, or your grandchildren, um, whoever they might be. I think that's very important. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, my kids have heard it all, and I get the eye rolls like, yeah, mom, we know. <laughs> I'm like, well, good. I'm. They're, you're listening something. And, and another thing that just came to mind as you were mentioning that is uh, being a good example. I mean, mm-hmm. people who 
want nothing to do with God, so you living a pretty good life. Think that are, uh, you seem pretty happy, you seem pretty content, and you're going to church, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and sometimes without trying to sell them on the idea, they just observe you and say, gee, I, I like some of that in my life. Yeah, absolutely. There, I think it's Pope Paul VI has a famous quote that I'm not, I don't know exactly, but it's basically people are more willing to listen to a witness than they are a teacher. Mm. Like being able to yeah, witness your faith, to share your testimony, even if it's not officially in front of a crowd. It's just, oh, this is like how the Lord has mm. affected me, how the Lord has um, loved me mm. throughout, my, throughout my life. I, I have met probably about 20 focus missionaries in the past couple years and interviewed them. And I mean, I am just in awe at the joy and peace of these young people. And it is incredibly inspiring and, and incredibly attractive. I mean, I can't imagine how when you interact with other people and have, you know, for those five or mm-hmm. six years that you were doing that, I'm sure they said something to you about or they noticed that. Did you ever get feedback about, I want to be like you? You you seem to have it all together, even though maybe you don't. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I think there are definitely times, and I've heard plenty of stories of missionaries being told that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, one example in particular for me, it was just the way that I really pushed a man to be more than he was being. Mm-hmm. He wasn't willing to give himself to the Lord. And he's now a focused missionary. He uh, said yes to that mission and is a fantastic man. Um, and, I, and I'm blessed that I, I was able to help, help lead him to the Lord even a little bit more. So any other tips? We've got about four, four or five minutes left here in terms of um, so prayer, frequenting the sacraments. What else? Um, Obviously, living your life. Yeah, absolutely. Being an example, as Jim had mentioned. And I think even just having, like, making personal invitations, mm-hmm. um, even if it's to come to dinner at your house, mm-hmm. I think that is sometimes a something that we've forgotten in our culture is having people over for a meal mm-hmm. um, and just talking to them. Because it doesn't, like, for some people, like, oh, you want to come to church with me? That's that's actually not going to get them to church. <laughs> like, come have come have a meal with me. Um, I feel like I've been talking about focus a lot, but there was a focus missionary. You got a lot of you got a lot of stories from there, I though. Do. So it's it's great reference point. And Go on. He, um, I think he was actually working. He was working in a well. He wasn't working in a parish. He was living in a parish, and he had this tradition that at the end of mass every Sunday, he would get one. He was pick up one of his young kids, walk to the back. And then when there were people that would leave after communion, he would stop and talk to them and and invite them to brunch, like Mm. right after that. He Mm -hmm. didn't know them. He didn't know who they were. But he would just like, hey, who are you? You're leaving early. He probably didn't say that. But you're you're here. Do you want to come to brunch with me? And then just start a friendship, start a conversation. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, you know, just different times when um, I've been able to talk about the faith. It's really been out of that relationship with a person, you know, your college roommate or your coworker, um, you know, it, you have to really know the person, I think. Do you think, I mean, you can always invite strangers, but t- comment on that, evangelizing the stranger versus evangelizing someone that you actually 
no. Oh, you're absolutely correct. Um, for some, for some, I've had some luck with some strangers exactly. too, though. You know, some like strangers. No one's ever asked me. No one's ever invited me to that mass, or no one's ever done that. You know, so you can get lucky, but but go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, like for strangers, there's probably it's got to be a, an amazing case that all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to give myself to the Lord. Um, but I think the point that this man was having is bringing them into my home. Mm-hmm. I can then develop that friendship. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're on the peripheries. They're they're leaving mass early. Like there's some reason they're leaving mass early. So maybe I can get to know them. Maybe I can become friends with them and then eventually invite them to the Lord. I'm sure he didn't have a, he didn't present them with the gospel on the day that they came mm-hmm. to brunch. <laughs> yeah. By the way, <laughs> while you're here, here's a Bible. Here's a Bible. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. Uh, so that that's interesting. So uh, you would tell us again about some of the plans that you have for your office that involves the parish people again. Yeah. So I, as I get as I get in contact with them, as I get to know them um, more, I, I will start leading trainings, whether or not that's this year or the beginning of next year. Mm-hmm. And those trainings will really just help lead them into the vision of, okay, let's start a small group ministry where we have a community growing. We have people that are coming together discussing the faith. Um, and then little by little, as those people in those small group communities are actually understanding that the faith should be the most important thing in their life and should actually be the foundation of everything they do, invite them into um, a discipleship group, which the difference would be the discipleship group is actually focused on, I want to grow in order to be able to be sent out on mission. When the small group communities are more of, I want to grow because I think this is important. There's like the two differences there. One is um, the first would be growth, like to be grow grow inter- like internally, and the second would be to grow with the vision of being sent out on mission, just as Jesus sent us all out on mission. Now there is a manual. Is that available for anybody to? Um get download online it seemed like there it was before i'm not sure if it's still there do you know what i'm talking about yeah so it's on our uh, it's on our website at evangelizeindy.com um, you can find that i think it's within the resources page mm-hmm. um, and if they if somebody wants to let's, let's say someone in the archdiocese of indianapolis is, is hearing this show and they're like you know what i think God might be calling me to be one of those evangelization contacts for my parish. What should they do? Yeah, I would say one of probably two, if not more things. One, talk to your pastor. Okay. I think talking to them, seeing is there already something that's in our parish that we could then, they can just then join? Um, or if the pastor said, I want you to start this, then I would say also either call me or email me. I mean, my number is 317 236 one four six six or you can email me at s r a s p at archindy.org well you've given us a lot to think about in terms of discipleship for the everyday catholic and we are out of time uh, our guest today has been sam rasp he is the coordinator of evangelization and discipleship for the archdiocese of indianapolis thanks so much for being our guest today we will be praying for you as you thank move you. forward thank you very much praying for you guys too You have been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a presentation of Catholic Radio Indy. You can hear this episode of Faith in Action again or any past episode at catholicradioindy.org. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future program, please 
call us at 317-870-8400 or email jim at catholicradioindy.org.